0: Good evening everyone. Tonight's class is titled Humbling Oneself Part 3. And previously we've been discussing someone who's had a spiritual heart attack um, and we've mentioned four methods of how to remove the the clogging by breaking oneself. What were those four methods to break oneself? Whether it's looking at the potential a person has whether it's looking at certain sins that he may have done looking at how not every moment was with the focus and intent of godliness or the fourth method was thinking about how one's dreams aren't holy and if they're not holy that's that's a sign that during the day he wasn't doing Everything expected. These were four methods of literally humbling oneself. Tonight we're going to learn something which in today's world is not so common. But actually we're going to use the word, we're going to learn about screaming at oneself. And we're actually going to list five terms and more that one should shout and scream at himself. But before we do that, we're going to summarize and share how klipa sitra achara, the opposite of holiness is nothing. Holiness is something. The opposite of holiness is nothing. And therefore, all we need to do is pop it. We don't need to remove it. We just need to pop it. All we need to do to get rid of negativity and evil within our lives is not to remove it, but to pop it. Let's see that. Page 130. We're in the middle of chapter 29. Page 130. Left-hand column. Bottom paragraph. Again, that's chapter 29, page 130. Left hand column, bottom paragraph. The longer he will reflect. Do we have that? The longer he will reflect. Mm -hmm. The longer he will reflect on these matters in his thoughts, the longer someone will focus on one of these four ideas about how low he is. And continues the Tanya and says, not only these four methods, but additionally delving deeply also into books, learning books, Sepharim, that share about the lowliness of a person, and why are you doing this in order to break down his heart within him and render himself shamed and despised in his own word, in his own eyes, as is written in the scripture. And how utterly despised, so utterly despised that he despises very life. So we're not talking about that you're just looking down at a certain detail within yourself. We're saying that you truly are looking down at yourself. That you despise your very life. That's very strong the more he despises and degrades thereby the sitra achara because a person is a bane and he is his animalistic soul and his animalistic soul is the kalipa by breaking himself he's breaking the kalipa casting it down to the ground and humbling it from its haughtiness and pride from its haughtiness and pride and self exaltation Remember, klipa is nothing. So klipa has made itself something. All you need to do is pop it, push, wherewith it exalts itself over the light of the holiness of the of the divine soul, obscuring its radiant its flow. So you have the godly soul the godly soul is holy you know I, I, for a moment allow me to jump to later in the, in the chapter I was preparing this just this morning and not, not today's class I was preparing the, a later class and you know we always one of the quotes that you hear in Chabad is a Jew is a Jew is a Jew that's, that's a quote And I've always heard it And I've always thought I had a certain understanding But when we're going to finish this chapter You'll be able to make the quote You'll be able to decide what the true quote is Because essentially what we're learning now Is that a Jew is his godly soul The godly soul is alive and well Nothing can ever cover over that flame within him Everything else is just the haughtiness of the klipa. That's what we're learning here. You have the Jew and then you have the haughtiness of the klippa covering over. Nothing can ever affect the godly soul. So the moment you're able to crush the animalistic soul that's covering over the godly soul, the godly soul is going to shine. Do you guys know what a Shabbos lamp is? Have you heard of a Shabbos lamp? My Shalom, that's two of them. So... Dr. Malev, can you pass me two cups, please? Thank you. Thank you very much. Two cups. And I'm going to quickly try and share the brilliance of the Shabbos lamp. On Shabbos, we don't turn on or off a light. Electricity. So someone came up with a brilliant idea. He said, let's have a light. This is a light. And we'll put a cover on it. So, all you need to do, you want light, you remove the cover. It's a, it's a physical cover. Or oh, you rotate, yeah. But the lamp is always on, and all you're doing is you're covering physically the light. If it was a flame, it would be prohibited because you'd be putting out a fire. But today we're lucky it's not a flame, it's an electronic piece. It doesn't go out if you cover it. So, put the cover, brilliant. This, perhaps, is an example of the godly soul. The godly soul is always illuminated. The animalistic soul can, at times, literally, like you see here, just clamp on top. The godly soul is shining, but there's a dark cover over it. So we need to remove that. This is a summary of what we've learned up until now, that that you had this, your heart is clogged, and four methods to humble oneself. Now, we're going to perhaps, you may say, in today's day and age, we're going to be a little radical, a little extreme. And we're going to tell a person, In addition to what we said previously, previously we were telling you to look at yourself as someone that has a lot of work to do. That's what we said. We said you are your animalistic soul and think about whether it's sins, etc. Now we're going to say the godly soul needs to scream at the animalistic soul at times. We're going to quote from scripture, from the Torah, that at times you have to take the good within you and scream at the bad. And truly scream at the bad, and scream at the bad about (laughs) how low and bad it is. And by screaming at it, you'll deflate it. Because you just need to pop it, sometimes just screaming at it will deflate it. Let's see this inside. We're now on the right-hand column. He must also, five lines from the top, in addition to these four thoughts that a person could have to humble oneself, he must also thunder against it. Thunder against the clip of the evil with a strong and raging voice in order to humble it. It doesn't say you should talk to... It doesn't say you should talk to the the animalistic souls. And that's not what it says. It says, you should thunder against it. And thunder against it, and what type of thunder? With a strong and raging voice, humbling the animalistic soul. Now how do you know this isn't a, a holy idea? As the, rabbi, as the rabbi state, and I'll read you the Hebrew, the Hebrew is quite fascinating. Adam tov al hara. A person should always Rouse the good impulse Against the evil impulse As it is written Rage And do not sin If you scream You will not come to sin Now we know That screaming is not allowed What do you mean screaming? It's, the translation is Scream at your animalistic soul if you scream at your animalistic soul and you pop it you will not sin rage rizu the rage and you will not come to sin that is to say one must rage against the animal soul which is his evil impulse with stormy indignation in his mind so What we're learning now is we're not actually saying you actually physically have to go to the mirror and start screaming at yourself. It's in your mind. Stormy indignation in your mind. But you need to scream. You need to scream at your animalistic soul. Now before we get to what you should tell yourself, and that's how we're going to complete the page, I do want to point out an, an, an interesting point. There's an animalistic soul and there is the evil impulse. And they are two separate things. The evil impulse is not good. The animalistic soul has a lot of good in it. Remember we say that a person naturally is good? A person naturally is good. If you were... We don't tell you you're half good and half bad. You want to know which half Maisha Mandel? I don't know, you're only good. We don't say you're half good, half bad. We say there's an animalistic soul, a godly soul, they each have their quality. Within the animalistic soul there is the evil impulse. It happens to be, interestingly to note, that here the Tanya says that you should rage against the animal soul which is his evil impulse. In this specific place it sounds like the animalistic soul is your evil impulse. So let's look at note 18. Elsewhere the author does not identify the evil impulse with the animal soul. Defining the former as the attributes of the latter. So, just to be clear, although over here it appears the Alter is writing that the animalistic soul is the evil impulse, the truth is the animalistic soul is an animalistic soul. It's an animal. It has tremendous, tremendous good. There's an attribute within it which is the evil impulse. So far, so good. So far, so good, Dr. Malav? Well, what doesn't he say about it if you should
1: just rage against the evil impulse?
0: Why? You're saying, why does he not say that? Great question. I don't know the answer. It's a good question. I'll think, I mean, let me, if I think of something, I'll let you know. I'll look it up when I get home. So what should you say? Listen to this. It's, It's fiery. Saying to it, tell your animalistic soul, tell your evil impulse. You are, five expressions now, truly evil and wicked abominable loathsome and disgraceful in the, in the Hebrew the words are very strong words right? you wouldn't go to someone in the street and say you are truly evil, wicked abominable, loathsome and disgraceful but you should tell this to your animalistic soul and continues Tanya, not only these five words, and likewise with, with all the sayings by which our sages of blessed memory have called it. In addition to these five sayings by which our sages have called the animal, the evil impulse, there are more negative sayings against the evil impulse. These five expressions, Rava, Rasha, Truly evil, wicked, abominable, loathsome, and disgraceful. These are from five different Gemaras. I didn't think we needed to get into them, but each one of these are quotes from a Gemara saying what the evil impulse is. And in addition to these five, the Alter Rebbe says, the Tanya says, there, there are other negative descriptions about the evil impulse. So you, so you. You scream at the evil impulse and you tell it how low it is. But I want to stop for a minute, an honest question. Can anyone here tell me why the evil impulse is bad? What is bad about the evil impulse? Let's just talk it through for a minute. Shmuel, what's bad about the evil impulse?
1: It seems by definition evil and bad are the same thing. Uh, it, It causes bad actions.
0: Okay, but here's what I wanted—I wanted to discuss. What just just to talk about? It, it's obvious, but what's the, well, what's the problem with doing something bad? What What's the problem with doing something bad? It
1: goes against
0: your godly soul. Goes against your godly soul. So, what is the problem with going against your godly soul? <laughs> well,
1: if it's impulse, then it seems like you haven't respected free will.
0: So you're saying when someone does something inappropriate, they just haven't been using their mind. Something unique to a human.
1: Or if they have and chose it, I mean, it's still an abuse of free will.
0: Is that so bad that you need to scream at the evil impulse, you're truly evil, wicked, abominable, is it so, is that what's so bad about the evil impulse? No, but
1: that you've chosen, no but
0: you've recognized it so you've chosen to scream at it so what you're saying is true, certainly true Certain, 100% true that making a conscious decision to do something bad is really bad but it's even worse what's even worse than that? what's bad when, when a person it? sins? No, it's a simple question what's so bad about sinning?
1: against
0: Hashem's will. Against okay, so what? <laughs> Baruch, what's so bad about sinning? It
1: takes you off your path. It takes you back. You're, sorry, you're
0: saying, well, will keep on leading you to more and more bad things. Is that what you're saying? Stop. What? After, you, the,
1: after the impulse, so you can stop. Could I ask you a question?
0: What if you're asking? It's, it's the impulse. So you're what? It's
1: antisocial. It's, it's, it's not good for the community. It's not good for you. It's not not good for people you
0: come in contact with. It's harmful. You're harming the world at large by your sin. seems like you're
1: harming your
0: relationship with Hashem. Yeah. If Hashem is everything, we, we previously discussed this in Tanya, oh. that the, the ultimate, Hashem is everything. And... The only thing which truly should matter in life is your life, is your connection with Hashem. Everything we do, we are lucky that the Torah itself tells us to do everything that a human naturally does and do it as a mitzvah. Right? If you sleep, because in the morning you want to be re-energized To serve Hashem You've done a mitzvah We are so lucky To have all these mitzvahs that empower us to do our day-to-day living as a mitzvah But ultimately, Hashem, if Hashem is, is everything Then the worst thing in the world is, a, is to separate from Hashem The worst thing in the world is to separate from Hashem to separate and that's what a sin does a sin separates you from Hashem so of course a sin is going actively against Hashem and that is terrible but the focus that I wanted to bring out at least tonight was that the the biggest item that a sin is causing against you is that separation no matter what type of sin there is some sort of curtain separating so now you turn to the klipa let's go back here and you say you klipa you are responsible for any separation I have with Hashem let's see that inside Let's start again from That is to Say. It's uh, about ten lines from the top of the right-hand column, middle of the line. That is to say, one must rage against the animal's soul, and what is, which is, his evil impulse. With stormy indignation in his mind, saying to it, turn to it, you are truly evil and wicked, abominable, loathsome and disgraceful, and likewise with all the sayings by which our sages of blessed memory have called it. And why are you so low, you tell thee. Animalistic soul, how long will you conceal the light of the Ain Soul? Blessed is he. You are concealing the light of Hashem. And this light of Hashem, which pervades all the worlds, which was, is, And will be, including also this place where I stand, and this place at this moment, Hashem is here. Hashem was here, Hashem will always be here. And you are stopping me from feeling that. Just as the light of the angel, blessed is He. Was alone before the world was created without any change. Hashem has never changed. Before the world was created, Hashem was everywhere. After the world was created, Hashem is everywhere. As is written, For I, the Lord, have not changed. How could Hashem not change, though? There was a world, there wasn't a world, and now there is a world. For He transcends time, and so forth. So Hashem is everywhere. Hashem was here. Hashem is here. But you, who are repulsive and so forth, deny the truth, which is plain to see by physical sight, that everything and everything in His presence is truly like nothing at all. What a low creature you are, evil impulse. You are trying to stop me from recognizing that Hashem is here at this very moment, wherever in the world you are, in any situation you, ever may, you may ever find yourself, in any place, any time, the fact that you could always know is Hashem was, and is, and will always be there. There is no place devoid of Hashem, no matter how low. No, even if the place is a place of impurity, and, and, and over there people do exactly the opposite of Hashem, Hashem is there. You remember we learned the example previously in Tanya of someone who takes the king and stuffs his head into a toilet bowl? We discussed it previously in Tanya. You may be taking Hashem to places that Hashem, so to say, doesn't want to go. But Hashem is there. So the second... The first item had four methods within it. The first item was to humble yourself. Now we're saying the second method is to scream at the animalistic soul how you are stopping me from recognizing the truth that Hashem is here. Are there any questions about this method of screaming at oneself
1: I have a question not about the method, but is there a differentiation between sins against your fellow person and sins against Hashem? Uh, and what, what I'm asking is, um, I mean, if you do either one, they separate you from Hashem. But um, but isn't there something else wrong with doing something that would hurt somebody else? I mean, apart from it separating you from Hashem, or is, it, is there... Um, is there something intrinsically wrong um, apart from you know, ruining your r- relationship with Hashem?
0: Or is it part
1: of it? That's, that's part of it? You're
0: saying when you hurt somebody else yeah. is there more wrong than just separating yourself from Hashem? Is that the question? I think so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Is there something... Yeah.
0: So it depends how deep the question is. Because ultimately, if everything is Hashem, that is, that is everything. You have by being mean or sinning to somebody else, ultimately you've sinned against Hashem. Because that person is Hashem. Right. Yeah. That's what I want to say, like on a deep level it's all the same. Hashem tells us and this is perhaps what you were saying the Torah itself tells us that a sin against another person Hashem cannot forgive you unless you get forgiveness from that person is that what you you were thinking? when it comes to Yom Kippur and that's where we we have this conversation when it comes to Yom Kippur Yom Kippur itself the awesomeness of Yom Kippur can atone for a sin Itsumo shel Yom Mechaper the awesomeness of Yom Kippur can atone for sin. But this, we learn, is only a sin that you performed between you and Hashem. But if you sin against another person, you need to actually go to that person and ask forgiveness in order for Hashem to forgive you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. Is there more? to the... no, no, no. Any other questions? So now we're going to discuss more of we're going to continue now to learn how by breaking the Sitra Akhara not only will your godly soul be revealed but there will be a deeper dimension within your godly soul not only will your godly soul be revealed, but there'll be a deeper dimension within your godly soul. Comes the question, why? Why by breaking Klippa, is there a deeper dimension within your godly soul revealed? And the answer is, your godly soul trusts in Hashem in the deepest way. Nothing can ever stop that trust. That's why we say you could have the biggest sinner, but if someone will tell him, Separate yourself from God, he won't do it. Because his godly soul has this connection to Hashem at the deepest level. So by you removing the animalistic soul, not only are you letting the godly soul shine, but your belief in God will shine in a level of seeing God. What does it mean? What does it mean to see God? Today, unfortunately, we don't have the ability to see Hashem. So what does it mean that your godly soul sees Hashem? There's seeing something and understanding something. What's the difference between seeing and understanding, Damon? I'm not sure. Well, actually I meant on a very, very low level. In other words, what is the difference in how much you believe something you heard over how much you believe something you saw? If you see Niagara Falls... What are the chances you're going to believe that you, that it really exists? Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, what are the chances you're not going to believe it exists? You, you, it's, you, you believe it exists. If someone tells you that salmon could go upstream but you've never seen it, what's the chances you're going to believe that they could go against its stream? I don't know. 50%? The chances telling it to you. <laughs> What you hear is iffy. It could always change. You hear it today. What you see, you saw it. You saw it with your own eyes. So when we say, when we're saying about seeing or understanding godliness, what we're going to learn momentarily, we're not saying that a person's going to see. We're going to say that the, his belief in Hashem is as strong as if he had seen Hashem. It's a method of of sharing how strong the belief in Hashem is. Let's see this inside. Page 132, top paragraph. In this way, by crushing the klipa, he will help his divine soul to enlighten her eyes. So you're helping your divine soul Enlightening the eyes of the divine soul with the truth of the unity of the light of the Ein Sof with a perceptive vision. Not with an understanding vision, no. With a perceptive vision. You are seeing godliness when you're going to go ahead and crush the klipa. Now understand, your belief in Hashem of the godly soul is, the, is now a, a perceptive vision. And not merely by cognition alone as it were as is explained elsewhere. And this is powerful. And this is the core of the whole Divine Service. The whole Divine Service. Why are we here? Why is a person alive? The purpose of creation is to bring godliness down into this world. Meaning, the purpose of creation is that we should understand Hashem. Right, it is our responsibility, the Rambam says, as Jewish people, not only to teach one another about Hashem, but to actually teach the non-Jewish people. We have a responsibility to share about the seven Noahide laws. By raise of hands, is everyone familiar with the seven Noahide laws? If not, we need, to, we need to become familiar, because it is our responsibility to make the world into a good place, including sharing the seven Noahide laws to the world. So when a person goes ahead and breaks the klipa and allows the godly soul to reveal itself, for now the godly soul is going to shine with a perceptive vision, he is completing his true task in this world. Now how could it be, continues Tanya, how is it that through breaking the klipa, the godly soul now has a perceptive vision and the explanation is that in truth there is no substance whatsoever in the sitra achara. what we're going to learn now is extremely crucial in our understanding of evil and bad because until now we've discussed and used some wording that klipa and bad is nothing here we're going to say it in the strongest terms I believe that Titania is going to mention the, what is the essence of bad? There is no substance whatsoever in the Sitra Akhara, wherefore it is compared to darkness which has no substance whatsoever, and is consequently and, and and consequently is banished in the presence of light. A very important idea. People say that there is good and there is bad. That is incorrect. There is good and there is a void of bad. But bad is not an existence of its own similarly the sitra achara which although it possesses abundant vitality ah this is a really important point Ask this, asks the Tanya if klipa is nothing how does it give life to, ev- to all evil, there is, there are negative things and bad things in this world and those bad things get their energy from the animalistic from the sitra achara So obviously, Sitcherachor has some energy within it. Says Tanya, yes, Sitcherachor has energy, but that is, if you remember, we learned previously in Tanya, the diluted energy that Hashem doesn't want to give, but like he throws it over his shoulder. Hashem does give Klipa energy, but that is energy he does not want to give it. And the moment, let's see that inside, Similarly, the Sitrachara, which, although it possesses abundant vitality wherewith to animate all impure animals, and the souls of the nations of the world, and also the animal soul of the Jew, as it has been explained, nevertheless has no vitality of its own. Klipa has nothing of its own, God forbid, but derives it from the realm of holiness as has been explained above. Evil has nothing of its own, it only has what it could grab from the good. Therefore, it is completely nullified in the presence of holiness. Holiness is its, is its boss. It's getting its money, it's getting its life from holiness. As darkness is nullified before physical light, evil is completely nullified in the presence of holiness as darkness before physical light. Except that in regard to the holiness of the divine soul of man, So, if evil is nothing, so how is it causing us so many, so much sorrows, it's, it's causing us a lot of trouble. So we, how can you tell me it's nothing? It's something. Says Tanya. What we've learned previous, what we've learned, and what we we learned, Hashem gave Klipa the ability to look like it has power to test us and to see what are we going to do, right? We're here. Hashem wants to see how we're going to manage. So the appearance of evil as having something to it is is a test for us. I'd like, with your permission, we'll go a few moments over just to finish until the uh, midway down page 132 on the right hand column. We'll take us three, four more minutes. Except that in regard to the holiness of the divine soul in man, the Holy One blessed is he has given the animal soul permission and ability To raise itself against the divine soul. Why has Hashem given the evil permission to go against the divine soul? In order that man should be challenged to overcome it. And to humble it. Not only to challenge us, but Hashem also wants us to humble the klipa. How do you humble it? Like we've just learned, by means of the humility and submission of his spirit. And his abhorring in himself that which is despicable. Continues Tanya, something very powerful now. If you do your part, to Hashem, I'll do the rest. Oh, You do the first step. You go ahead and try to break the klipa, and I'll finish breaking it, says, says Tanya. And, and through the impulse from below, comes an impulse from above. By us doing our part, reaching out to Hashem to break the klipa, Hashem will, will, will fully break the clepa to fulfill what it is written. From there, I will bring you down, says the Lord. Hashem says, Hashem is going to complete the task of bringing down the Kalippa. Namely, depriving it of its dominion and power. And withdrawing from it the strength and authority which have been given it to rise up against the light of the holiness of the divine soul. Hashem said, I'm, "I gave you power to go against the divine soul in order to challenge it, and in order for the to, in order for the divine soul to crush it." But once the divine soul sets foot in its task of removing the evil, Hashem says, "At that point, I'll take over. You once you started, I'll finish the task." whereupon it inevitably becomes nullified and is banished just as darkness is nullified before physical light. The moment a person takes the first step Hashem will complete it. Let's summarize what we've learned here. I know we've covered quite some ground but let's summarize. We learned a new way to remove this negative energy within you which is to scream at it. Scream at it how low and despicable and abominable you are because you cover over Hashem. And we continue to say that klipa is nothing. It's a lack of godliness. Why did Hashem allow this lack of godliness to be a something to challenge you? But the moment you take the first step to remove it, Hashem says, I'll do the rest. How do, we know? How, how do we know that this is true? Essentially what we're learning here is that the essence of the Jew is pure. And all you need to do is scream at the Jew. If you ever see someone not serving Hashem, all you need to do is grab him, scream at him, and he's going to start serving Hashem. That's kind of what we're learning here. Not exactly. but, kind of, but Again, what we're learning here is that the essence of the Jew is strong, and you need to remove the layers in front of it, and his soul will shine. How do we know... How do we know this is true? That's, that's a big question, right? How do we know that ultimately the belief, in a Jew, of, the belief of, a, of a Jew in Hashem is, is as strong as ever? The connection of a Jew to Hashem is as strong as ever and all you need to do is pop the bubble around him. And that, I, I, I will say, is something very exciting. And that's what I was, said I was learning more about this this morning. That's what we're going to learn at the next class. Very exciting. Where do we see that the Jew is a Jew is a Jew? Thank you very much.